on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive. From the stretch, here it is. Reyes struck out swinging. And this one is over. Gallegos with a slider down low and away, and he strikes him out. And St. Louis wins their 10th consecutive game. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Foley. That ticker or like that box or whatever it is that has the magic number in it, it's broken. It's stuck. The magic number has been at three. We're going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be the fourth straight day that the magic number has been sitting at three for the Brewers. Brewers lose tonight uh, to St. Louis by a 2-1 score, and now the earliest they can clinch the division would be Thursday afternoon as they can win the next two games against the Cardinals. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air uh, augie's a, like a fix-it guy i said hey augie can you go fix that thing so the magic number can start going down again and, and you said you would charge extra for that and we just don't have it in the budget you know if i'm coming into a game in a series and you know i the one thing i have a lot of respect for the st louis cardinals is they came in and you know the, at first what they were going to what they were going to do they were going to start wolford the first night in they backed off of that and went with the veteran Lester. And Lester was going for his 200th win. Just pitched the ball very well against the Brewers last night. Kept him off stride. Did exactly. The Cardinals were able to manufacture some runs and win the ball game. And then come back with, with Wolford tonight, who who usually in the beginning of the ball game gives up a lot of runs. But I'll tell you what. It was fun to watch. That guy behind it played Molina. Yadier Molina, just working in that first inning to get him through that first inning. From there, he was very good. But I have my compliments tonight really go to Woody. He really threw the ball well, did exactly what he had to do. If there's a game that you want to win, you want that guy, you want that guy on the mound. And I'll tell you, he went out and performed very well. Two Woodies. Two Woodies. Two yes, Woodies. That's but right. The Brewers Woody. Yeah, so uh, six innings for uh, Brandon Woodruff today. One run on two hits, ten strikeouts, one walk. He gets to 200 strikeouts for the year. Uh, he's got an L next to his name, but that doesn't mean anything. He pitched a well game. Yeah, he did. You know, and that one thing I really liked about him is going to be interesting because he's the type of guy, he's a warrior. He'll go out there and he'll challenge you with the fastball. And we saw what he did, what he, what he did uh, w- with his fastball tonight, really located, but he brought out another pitch tonight. He showed another sign of him. He had his good two-seam sinker, which he used when he needed to hit the ball on the ground, but that changed changeup was fantastic tonight. Threw the ball very well. Incorporated that changeup, which I think is going to pay huge dividends down the road when his next start, because he commanded that pitch very well. Yeah, we'll talk more about that coming up later on. We'll talk about the lack of offense for the Brewers. We'll talk about the St. Louis Cardinals and how dangerous they seem to be. There's a lot to get to. We've got you till 11.30. We'll also get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council, and we'll go back through the game with the highlights. We have a surprising number of highlights, despite the fact that the Brewers uh, lose this game 2-1. That helps when uh, Brandon Woodruff wants to strike out. 10 guys that's what he did tonight so you, you might you might hear just a few strikeouts uh during our highlight segment coming up if you want to join us you can do so 
The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M A T T P A U L E Y on air. Back with more in a moment. We're live at American Family Field. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. The kick and the pitch. Got him out looking. Potter O'Neill on what looked to be a slider or a changeup on the outside corner. Got him looking. Potter O'Neill doesn't think so, but the call made by Jeff Nelson and Brandon Woodruff strikes out the side. 2-1, the Brewers fall short against the Cardinals. They've lost the first two games of this series. They've lost three games overall. Magic number continues to sit at three. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's go to the phones. Our guy Sparky in Madison. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ. Hey, man. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, I really enjoy games like this, 2-1, 3-2, 1-zip, because usually the team that executes is going to win, and unfortunately the Brewers far too many strikeouts. Uh, it's going to do the job in that respect. And You know, a tip of the hat to the Cardinals because they did those little things, stolen bases, advanced base runners, sack fly and everything. But let me... Uh, Ask this question or throw this out here. I, I can't remember if it was the seventh or the eighth inning. It must have been the eighth inning, but Vogelbach got the walk and uh, they pinch ran for him when he got to third base and they had uh, Bradley pinch run for him. And were you surprised that they didn't maybe uh, have him pinch run when he got to first base? Am I missing something there? Because I, I would have thought maybe that would have been an ideal time to have him on first base because. Yeah, he probably would have scored uh, on the double. I don't know. I just, I just wanted to see how you, you felt about that. And also, Jerry, let me ask you as a former player, uh, and even you too, Matt, would you have done what he did uh, in the ninth inning, put the winning run on second base? So I just wanted to throw that out for discussion, fellas. I'm going to tell you, Sparky, that is something, in, in fact, Matt and I were sitting uh, next to each other, and the first, when it first came, when Yelly went to the plate, right away, Yadier Molina looked in the dugout, and he called for this to take him. I was surprised. I mentioned something to Matt. That is something in baseball that you usually don't do, but I think that shows us so much respect for Christian Yelich. Remember the first time up, he hit that line drive, the to, to left field, he put a great swing on it, and that's respect. But also, the next hitter was the pitcher. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about, they feel that they had a better chance against a, a pinch hitter, which was Reyes, than he did. That's a tough, tough decision. But I think Christian Yelich and the respect that they had for Christian right there put them in a position that, you know what, they're going to go with – they're going to – Roll the dice a little bit, and I think Matt, you would agree with me, and go and go with uh, putting him on base and go facing Reyes. Yeah, I think I would have made the same call with with Reyes on deck and just knowing what what Yelich can do. The thing that I found interesting, and again, the when you're out in center field, you don't know the time and temperature of everything going on. But when the the throw from center field came into second, and what that tells you is they 
they were mitigating against the walk-off. They allowed the run to move to third. They were okay with the score getting tied up based off that throw if there's a hit coming up, but they were not okay with uh, a possible walk-off because if the throw comes into third, there's a chance there's, there's, a, there's an outside chance that the sure. runner's going to go to second. That at least opens up the door. Probably not, but at least opens up the door. Again, you don't know all the situations when you're out there in center field, but I did think it was interesting that the throw came in to kind of mitigate what then they set up on their own. I thought Vader did a great job. I think in in ninety percent of this ninety percent of the plays that are made there, you're going to concede the third the, the player running give, uh, going to third base. The one place that you're not, you're not going to allow that guy on first to get to second. I thought Vader did exactly the right thing. But I, you know that situation is you know here's where you get a little respect for a relationship between a manager and the leaders on your ball club. But right there, as soon as that ball got to second base and timeout was called, and Christian Yellett started walking to the plate, you could see Yadier just... Molina look at him and turn right to the right to the bench and, and signal four. And I think what they said, they let him do the call because of the confidence that Molina had in the pitcher to get the next guy out. And sometimes you do that. It's respect for a really good player, and that's what they showed in Christian Yellow. The, the first part of that question was kind of interesting as well. Do you should have you pinch run for Vogelback immediately when he's on at first because he doesn't have uh, great speed? Um, if it's a if it's a one-run game at that moment, I think yes. Um, it's a, it's not a one-run game, and uh, it's a it's a two it's a two-run game. I don't and look, it really doesn't matter because Bradley ends up scoring anyways. Like we we can discuss whether or not you should have pinch run, but it's a one-out situation. He goes to third. Bradley still scores. Wong wasn't going to third on that play, on that hard-hit right. ball. He was Even if he's running out of the box, and he wasn't running out of the box because he thought it was a home run, even if he's running out of the box, that's a double. So it doesn't hurt you in the sense that the, the run still scores with JBJ. I guess if it's a one-run game, I'm probably pinch running sooner. It's a it's a two-run game, so it feels a little bit different. But then once you get over to third, it's a different situation because you do want them to be able to score on fly ball. And it keeps their options open yeah. on the bench. I think that's the only reason down by two runs. One run is a totally different situation. I think you do pinch run immediately. I think with the two runs, I think with Vogie on first base and just to see what happens and they hit the double. Vogie got to third base anyway and still had – uh, he said less than two outs. So I think I think that in that situation, I, I think you don't run in with the with the two run lead. If it was a one run lead, I agree with you, Matt. I think they're going to pinch run almost automatically. Nobody's batting an eye though. If if, That's if right. JBJ goes and runs at first, like nobody's right. saying what's going on there. Like it's one yeah. of those decisions that can go either way. I think I lean towards the way that it was played out. But there's going to be a lot of people who think they should have pinch run them immediately. I understand that doesn't come back to hurt. You still get this run to score. Eight Eight five five six one six one six twenty eight five five six one six one six twenty. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. More phone calls, more text messages, more breakdown of this Brewers two one loss to the Cardinals. That's next here on WTMJ. It's Brewers extra innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. The pitch. Yadi is swinging a miss. Woody threw a high fastball. He chased it. There's number two hundred for Brandon Woodruff. 
not bad when you have a 200 strikeout season. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here. If you want to join the program, you can do it at 855-616-1620. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line or tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's go back to the phones. Larry in Sun Prairie. Hey, Larry, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I think uh, Council got completely outmanaged tonight. I don't think Schlitz is a, is a great uh, overall manager, but I think he's a good game manager. I think they, I think Council should have sent uh, Wong early in the game. Uh, I think an inning or two later they had, uh, I think, Escobar. Should have sent him and they never did. Both times uh, in that, uh, that frame, uh, Molina fumbled the ball. But uh, you know, they should just sort of send. He never, he never sends anybody. And I, I agree with the other caller that uh, uh, Bradley should have pinch hit or pinch run for Vogelback when he was on uh, first. I know it's two old game, but uh, he would completely scored. I don't know. I, I he gets in these games, and I think he gets outmanaged. I think he's a good manager with the pitching staff overall, with the uh, you know with the lineup and everything. I like him. But he's a big game manager. When it comes down to that, I mean, he was outmanaged. I mean, they got all the runs. They, they get a guy on base. They steal. And, uh, you know, they play a little ball like, like uh, Cardinals always do. And it's just frustrating. So I could, that's, that's my take. So go back to the beginning. Who I, I, I so we talked about the the Vogelback thing, and again JBJ ends up scoring. So, but if you think he yeah. should have punched run at first, that's fine, and I, I understand why people believe that. I wasn't quite sure what you were talking about early on. What what decisions did you not well, like uh, earlier? Well, one was on first, and I mean I wasn't the only one in my area yelling for him to be sent, and he never sent him. He never even tried to send him. He would have been a second. It was a one run game, and he just stayed there, played station baseball. Escobar, I believe it was Escobar, I think the next inning, maybe the second, maybe anything after that, was in the same position. It was like 2-0 and count, and he didn't send them. They just stay there, and they play station baseball, and it drives you nuts. And okay, so you just going. want to see them be more active on the bases and steal more bases. That's what you're, that's what you're saying. I mean, Marshy talks about we're going to be aggressive and steal bases, and then when you watch him, you sit there at the game for 20 games. He never does. And it, it okay. just, he got, uh, got outmanaged this game. I really believe he did. Okay, I, I appreciate it. I, I would just—I don't think he got outmanaged. I understand the desire for for more running. You know, Augie, it's interesting because uh, he talked earlier in the season. When I say he, I mean Craig Council. Craig Council talked earlier in the season about trying to be a little bit more active on the bases, and there was a period of time where they were, but that was also a period of time where they weren't scoring a whole lot of runs, and so you start to force the issue a little bit on the bases. Since the All-Star break, they've been one of the best offensive clubs in baseball. As they start hitting more and coming up with more extra base hits and scoring more runs, you're less aggressive on the bases because you don't want to lose base runners because you might be taking runs off the board. Now they're back in a period where there's kind of a lull. So I think I think in the actual moment... I can understand why fans might want to see the Brewers be more active on the bases because they're having a hard time scoring runs right now. So if there is a time to be a little bit more active, it's right now. They haven't been doing that a whole lot recently. It's been okay. They've scored a lot of runs. But when you put this game kind of in a filter or a funnel, whatever you want to say, I can understand why somebody might look at it and feel like the Brewers could have been more active on the bases to try to force an issue. I'm going to take your your comments just a step further. Every pitcher that goes to the mound from an opposing team, they have numbers on him. They have numbers on his 
how he holds runners on, his time to the plate. They know what, what Molina's throw is the second base. And that's how they, get, they will make a decision on whether they're going to run. They have a guy who is Quinton Berry, who's the first base coach. If you ever watch him, he has a stopwatch with him, and he's timing it from there what that guy's move is each and every night. I think what we saw tonight, and I agree with Larry. I think Larry has a great comment. You want to be aggressive, you want to run, but that guy behind the plate tonight throws out a lot of guys. And if you don't have this perfect count number, that perfect amount of time that he releases the ball and gets it to the plate, Molina's going to throw you yeah. out a bunch of times. And I think when, what, there, what we saw tonight was, hey, that time, I thought he was, I thought, first of all, I thought Woodford was very quick to the plate, and he located the ball, and he threw a lot of fastballs, and I think Molina could have, is very good at throwing out runners. So I think right there you're, you're saying, I like the aggressiveness that, Larry, you talked about, and we, it's a great comment, but at the same time, Quentin Berry's at first base. They know all the times on the pitchers, and if he, once he hits that time, he allows he lets that runner know. Then the guy goes in and he decides whether he can make that make the get a good step off of first base to to steal second base. And I think that has a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, running against Molina generally is a bad idea. It is a bad idea because he's so quick behind the plate, and when you have a guy who's semi quick on the mound, that makes it even tougher. Mark's on the east side. Hey, Mark, you're on WTMJ. Well, good evening, Matt, and uh, Mr. Augie. So what I've got to say was a couple of things here, and uh, one of them was the uh, pinch of running uh, Vogelbeck. Now, that could have worked either way. Sometimes you think that that should happen, and, you know, it may have been a situation tonight, but, but, you know, I won't disagree with it because of the way the actual situation was. Uh, with the outs, and, um, you know, you really don't want to get rid of a bat unless you've got a great bat sitting on the bench. So I think that it probably worked out as good as it was going to work out. Now, the second thing is, and I've been noticing this all year, and maybe even for the last couple of years, and what's going on is when men are in scoring position, sometimes even on third base, and you have a lefty up, and you have a guy playing third base, and he's at second base, the whole side of the field is open, and sometimes not necessarily with a man in scoring position, but you can bunt a double, and they don't try this. Now, there are situations that were, for the last few nights, and actually in the last week or so that I've noticed, uh, where this could have happened, where a man could do something, because it's so unexpected nowadays, that you either do a quick drag bunt, nice and easy, or a push bunt. If you remember the difference between those, the push bunt is where you actually give it just a little shove. And that was something that I've been noticing that should I think, happened. But then again, the thought entered my mind, like I told your screener, sometimes you want to hold some of these things for surprise later in the season, like in the playoffs, because you haven't done it all year, kind of like what they do in football. But I'd like your perspective of that, uh, gentlemen, if you could. You bet, Mark. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for calling in. So I think my first thing when it comes to this is, uh, and this it's a bad example on this game today because this is a, a one-run game, 2-1. But you 
in Major League Baseball, you win games with extra base hits. And if you're a singles hitter, if you're you know if you're if you're a guy who gets a lot of base hits, guess what? They're not shifting against you because right. if you're a ba- if you're a guy who just gets a lot of base hits and they're shifting against you, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna put one down the line. And I, the Cardinals don't shift a lot, anyways. Uh, but you shift against power hitters, and more often than not. I don't want to see a guy who's a doubles hitter, a guy who can put it over the wall, just put it down the third base line for, for a base hit just to do that. I, I think that takes your strength away from you. I'm not saying that's a 100% all the time sort of thing, but more often than not, if they're shifting against you, they're shifting against extra base hits, and if you're going to go bunt for a base hit, they'll say, thank you, there's first base. Matt, was our last caller Matt or Mark? Mark. Mark. I, that was a great comment. You, you know, I, I, when do you do it? That's a really good That's a, a, a good question because there are times when you will do it, and I think when they have the opportunity, you also have the opportunity of guys getting that ball away from can drive it the opposite way. You can have a challenge, uh, the opportunity of hitting a double, scoring a run in that part of it. Uh, one thing on the pinch runner. I think if Colton Wong's on second base, and let's just say he hits a double, and they pinch run uh, JBJ on there, and he scores on that ball, you got to remember one thing: Bader's a very, very good outfielder with a very, very positive uh, plus arm, and he's very accurate. I think when you Colton understands that, I don't know if he would have gone to third on that. That's a situation right there. I just want to put that to rest yeah. right there. But I, but the 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 things about bunts down third base, you see it all the time. I think, and when you get into certain situations, uh, you're going to see it more as we go along. Especially you get in key games like we're playing right now. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. Brewers fall two one. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Molina at first, one-two pitch. Struck him out looking. Fastball right at the knees on the outside corner, and the inning is over. No runs, a hit, and a man left for the Cardinals. 2-1, the Brewers, they uh, come up short. They lose to the Cardinals today. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on uh, WTMJ. A uh, couple text messages to get to. Uh, Mike in Colorado said the Brewers got a bad case of cold feet, which might have been expected on the verge of clinching the division and having to play their arch enemies, the Cardinals. Doug says the Brewers better start scoring runs. Or they're not going to be going far in the playoffs. Woodruff gets no run support. ERA of 2.5 over 200 strikeouts, and he has a 9-10 and record. Augie, maybe I look. I've been dismissive of of losses for for a while here, and yeah. I know a lot of people don't like it when I say it. I think these games against St. Louis are completely uneven because look, the Brewers are going to win the division. I, I don't know when they're going to win it, but they're going to win the division, and the Cardinals are charging, and it's just um, it it just feels a little unequal here at the moment. You know, tonight was a a, a really fun game. Uh, for me as a former player and watching that first inning with with Woody just a little off with his fastball and then he gets he walks Edmonds and Edmonds steals bay steals second base and then pushed over to third and then the sacrifice fly by O'Neill and they scored they scored the first run and then you look at their pitcher Wolford who struggles in their first inning and Yadi Molina is behind that plate just coaxing every pitch to give him a, that part of the game I just really love but I thought Brandon Woodruff was excellent tonight I thought the game had something really special to it and I'm going to bring it up now I hope nobody all you people don't laugh too hard but we had a real major league moment tonight it was 
goes in that ninth inning. Avasiel Garcia is at the plate. He gets a high fastball. He hits the ball to right field, and he gave it to old Roger Dorn, running Roger Dorn from Major League, running down to first base, clapping his hand, looking at I. I, it was just it was just so special, and I thought, you know what, this is going to be a magical moment. It didn't happen, but I'll tell you what, it was for me to see that, for the excitement, the fans all got on their feet. It was just a, a really neat moment. Too bad they couldn't come up with a couple runs. No, we've seen that here recently. Even in games they've lost, they've had some, you know, that that final game of the Cubs series. They made noise late yesterday, not as not as much, but uh, they they make noise, but then they. they Again, they're in a lull. It happens. They're in a lull. It happens. And all the here's the thing to worry about: Can they get out of it before the postseason? You got a couple weeks. Generally, with really good teams, lulls don't last two weeks. So hopefully, they'll break out of it here sooner than later. The news in two minutes, and then we'll get the post game comments. Manager Craig Council. Uh, we'll still have some time for some phone calls later on the program as well at eight five five six one six one six twenty. We're back with more after the news here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. The pitch. Strike three looking. Tommy Edmond. Watch that one go by on the outside corner. Another fastball. And an Acunet Mortgage rock solid strikeout. That magic number is still stuck. It's at three. Somebody climb up the tower and grab that three and just start yanking it down and yank it down so hard that it goes all the way to one right there. That's what happens the next time the Brewers beat the Cardinals here uh, during this series. Two more games to go. Welcome back in. It's Brewers Externians here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley coming your way from American Family Field where the Brewers lose by a 2-1 score tonight. Manager Craig Council spoke to the media just a little while ago, opened up giving his thoughts of the very, very strong performance from starter Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, he pitched great. Um, you know, that, I, I told him that's what he bottled that up because I thought he was he was really good tonight. Um, and his fastball was um, really good tonight. Um, the off speed was crisp. Uh, Changeup was good. So he had he had kind of everything working, and thought he threw the ball exceptionally well. Craig, he's been that guy this year for whatever reason that just hasn't gotten the big numbers, the big run support. How's he compartmentalized that for you? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it affects him one bit. Um, I mean, I, there's, you know, I think you control what you can control, and um, you know that that's not something that he controls. So he, he just keeps pitching and keeps getting guys out. Craig, you guys have faced um, Woodford three times this year and don't have a run off of him. Um, what what does he do that causes you guys so much trouble? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, he was a little erratic early, and we did a good job kind of getting some deep counts, but we just we didn't. We didn't end up putting any real, you know, we had, we had a couple good, I shouldn't say, you know, Eski hit that ball good in the first that I thought, you know, O'Neill made a nice play on. Um, but he, he got us, his, his fastball kind of up in the zone, um, got us a lot of fly balls. And it was, again, it was, it was a lot of fly balls, really. Um, not, you know, that our infield didn't have much action, it felt like. Um, so he just kind of got us in the air a lot, uh, more than anything. Yeah, you know, we talked to you last night about the quiet week, and it obviously has gone on one more day now. What, what? How puzzled are you by that? Because it's a whole lot of guys that have swung the bats well up to this point aren't doing it now. Yeah, I mean, it's we've had a quiet week. I mean, I think we're going to have a big night one of these nights. Um, we're going to put a really big number on the board, and we're going to bust out of it. Um, we didn't do it tonight. Um, 
but it's but it's coming, and and I I believe that. I think our guys believe that. Um, you just got to go up there, and keep sticking to you, you know, the stuff you can control in your process, and swinging at the right pitches. And you know, I, we we gave some tough at bats. It's kind of the second half of the game. I thought, um, you know, we we put a good rally on. We made it tough on Gallegos. Um, made it tough on Garcia. Um, just couldn't get the next next hit. Craig, do you see any pressing of just the, the guys knowing how close you are, or, or do you think they're able to separate that um, in terms of the approaches and what you're seeing offensively? No, I mean, I think we're just, you know, we're not, you know, I don't, we're just not getting enough hits. I mean, I don't, that's simple as that. Did you uh, feel like maybe Manny just missed his in the ninth, Craig? That was one yeah, of- I, mean, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's not getting enough hits, and there's, you know, we've hit some balls pretty good that that aren't, we're not getting rewarded for you know i mean yelly's ball to lead off the eighth was ended up being a huge out i mean he scorches a ball that you know that we start that inning off with a runner after kind of you know another bunch of guys putting up good at bats so you know i think it's a little bit of bad luck it's you know um some some at bats that uh we're not taking great swings at but um you know, some just misses, and that's, you know, and then you, then you kind of got a low run number. Craig, on the positive side, how good was it to get Lorenzo back in there, and does he look good to start yeah, tomorrow potentially? Yeah, he, he looks good for that, yeah. Magic Craig Council meeting with the media a little while ago. He made reference to it. I feel like bringing attention to it is important, and I don't like doing the thing where you say, okay, well, if you change this, well, everything else is going to stay the same because if you have a runner on base, the pitcher might approach the hitter differently. So I'm going to kind of do that, but I put the caveat on there that it doesn't always apply. In the eighth inning, Christian Yelich hit the crap out of the ball, and he hit it right at Tyler O'Neill. If it is on any other angle, that's a hit. And then that's the same inning where Daniel Vogelback walks and Colton Wong gets the double. That could have turned into a big inning very quickly had that fallen for Yelich the way it would most of the time. It was just a really unlucky trajectory and angle that Yelich hit it on, and then the inning comes into a a one-run inning as opposed to a multiple-run inning. Here's the thing. You win games by scoring multiple runs in an inning. If you're a team that likes to go play for one run here and there, Maybe you win tonight's game because this game was a 2-1 game. But you don't win a lot of games that way. And I don't think changing who you are as a team is what you want to do just to win this game tonight. Let's grab a quick phone call. Charlie in Oshkosh. Hey, Charlie, thanks for holding. You're on WTMJ. Hey, Matt, thanks for taking my call. Um, Your latest comment's probably going to disagree with what I'm thinking. Um, I don't think, you know, the pinch runner for Vogelbach was really that big. You're down by two, like you said, and Bradley scored anyway. Um, uh, I guess what bugs me a little bit sometimes is I think they had the lead runner on in a one to nothing or 2 nothing close game uh, three or four times and never moved. I mean, I know in the late innings they got, you know, bases loaded and so on, but uh, when you're really struggling – um, and the Brewers have done a better job in the second half of not striking out and, and that type of thing. But, um, you know, you got to manufacture, I guess is the key word, manufacture a run somehow, some way. Um, and you have to try different things when you're struggling. You're at the home team. You're down by one run for most of the game. And stealing on Molina is going to be tough. 
Um, but you can hit and run. I think the Brewers very seldom hit and run. Um, you know, I, I know you don't like the word bunt, but you know, in a close game, you play for one, and that you tie it, and and you go from there when you're struggling. And I know the Brewers are up, magic numbers three, but you better win it this weekend. They got an awful tough road trip coming up. Thanks, Matt. You bet, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. And again, I if. Yeah, I, it's hard for me, and I think I think that was those were really good points by Charlie. I think that was a fantastic phone call. Um, I guess my point would be is, how often do you change kind of your approach and what you what you want to do? I believe that this team has the ability to score multiple runs. Think about that eighth inning for a second. So let's go back to what we were just talking about. If you go into that eighth inning with the idea. That you're just trying to, you know, just trying to scratch across a run or two, well, then you 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 miss out on the opportunity for it to possibly be a big inning, and it didn't. It wasn't a big inning. I get that. Like this, that, this, that's why this is kind of a flawed example. But we're talking about today's game. Uh, but again, I think that you know, Yelich. Yelich hits that anywhere else. That's a double, and you got Vogelback coming up, and you got Wong who doubles later in the end. Like it's just if your if your approach there is you know let's scratch across a run or two, well then maybe that limits your ability to score multiple runs in the inning. Now, as it worked out, you don't score multiple runs in the inning. That's baseball. That's how it works out, and you end up getting one run, and that gets you one run closer, and it's a two-one game. Maybe I don't know what you do differently in the ninth inning, right? Like Avi leads the inning off with. Uh, with a base hit, I don't think there's anything to really second guess in the ninth. So yeah, I just I, I like the approach. Craig Council talked about it a moment ago. I like the approach that the, if this team is going to go deep in the playoffs, they're going to win games off pitching, and they're going to win games off I think coming up with some some crooked numbers on the board. Playing for one run more often than not doesn't win you a whole lot of baseball games. I understand the frustration in a game like this though, because maybe if you have that approach. Perhaps this game goes differently, but you probably also lose a lot more games that you end up winning if you have that approach as well. How did this game go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 2-1. Cardinals beat the Brewers today. They've taken the first two games of the series. Brewers have now lost three in a row. Pitching matchup today. A Woody against a Woody. Brandon Woodruff getting the start for the Brewers. Jake Woodford getting the start for the Cardinals. It would be the Cardinals who would strike first. Tommy Edmond leads the game off with a walk. He steals second. A ground out moves him to third, and that brings up Tyler O'Neill. Swinging and a drive in the center. Playable. And caught by Tyrone Taylor. On the score is Tommy Edmond, and St. Louis has the lead. That would be the blemish on Brandon Woodruff's line. That's it. He would really lock in after that. In fact, in the second inning, first out, a strikeout to Dylan Carlson. Then Yadier Molina comes up to the plate. The pitch. Yadier is swinging a miss. Woody. Through a high fastball, he chased it. There's number 200 for Brandon Woodruff. That's pretty cool. 200 strikeouts for uh, Brandon Woodruff as uh, he is uh, just the seventh pitcher in franchise history to get 200 strikeouts in the season. He would get a bunch more as the evening would go along. Uh, Cardinals in the third inning would get a couple hits, but they would leave two runners on as he was able to uh, work around them. 
Back in the uh, fourth inning, two outs, he's facing off against Yadier Molina. 2-2. Struck him out. Got away with a high changeup, and Molina is gone on strikes. Another AccuNet Mortgage rock-solid strikeout for Brandon Woodruff. We go to the bottom of the fourth, 1-0 St. Louis. He would get two more strikeouts in the fifth inning of Edmundo Sosa and also uh, of Harrison Bader. And then he comes back out for the sixth inning. The sixth inning ends up being his final inning of work, and he faces Tommy Edmond, Paul Goldschmidt, and Tyler O'Neill. The pitch. Strike three. Looking. Tommy Edmond. Watch that one go by on the outside corner. Another fastball. And an AccuNet Mortgage rock-solid strikeout. And the pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. Down and away with a fastball at 98. Strikeout number nine in the game for Woodruff. The kick and the pitch. Struck him out looking. Tyler O'Neill on what looked to be a slider or a changeup on the outside corner. Got him looking. Tyler O'Neill doesn't think so, but the call made by Jeff Nelson and Brandon Woodruff strikes out the side. Ten strikeouts for Woodruff. Brad Boxberger would come in to pitch in the seventh inning, would get Nolan Arnato to line out and Dylan Carlson to strike. Yadier Molina would come up with a base hit. That would bring up Edmundo Sosa. Molina at first, one-two pitch. Struck him out looking. Fastball right at the knees on the outside corner, and the inning is over. No runs, a hit, and a man left for the Cardinals. After Alex Reyes had put up a zero in the sixth inning for the Cardinals, Hennessy's Cabrera comes in to pitch in the seventh. He also puts up a zero. It remains a one nothing game. Cardinals add to their lead. They do so in the eighth inning uh, as Jake Cousins comes in to pitch. First batter he faces, Harrison Bader. He strikes out, but then issues a walk to Lars Newtbar, who steals second. So runner on at second. There's a one out, and Tommy Edmonds at the plate. Swinging a looping line drive. He's going to get another run in for St. Louis. Edmond will turn and hold. Newtbar scores. It is 2-0 Cardinals. Brewers start to make some noise in the bottom of the eighth inning. New pitcher is Luis Garcia. First battery faces Christian Yelich. Hits a ball really hard, but it goes right to Tyler O'Neill. Looked like a hit off the bat, but he hit a right at O'Neill, so that's the way things work. Daniel Vogelback then comes up as a pinch hitter. He walks in front of Colton Wong. Swing and a drive in the right center and deep. Way back. Get up on that wall. It is off the wall. Bader plays it. Colton Wong in the second, Vogelback in the third, on a double by Colton Wong, that short hop the wall in deep right center. Jackie Bradley Jr. comes on to pinch run for Vogelback at third, Willie Adamas at the plate. Swing and a fly ball, hit to left. This should get Jackie Bradley Jr. home. The catch by Tyler O'Neill is coming to third, and it's now 2-1. to one. The Brewers still have the tying run on for Eduardo Escobar. Here it is. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. 99 on that one to end the inning. Brewers get one. St. Louis ninth coming up. Brent Suter pitches the top of the ninth inning, gives up a hit, nothing more. Bottom of the ninth, Giovanni Gallegos comes in to pitch for the Cardinals. First battery faces of Isayo Garcia. He wheels and deals, and Avi sends a base hit to right. 
Pitch down and away on him around the outside corner, and he went right along with it and hit a line drive to right. All right. That's the tying run. That brings up Lorenzo Kane. He reaches on a fielder's choice where Garcia's out at second. Originally, first base umpire Laz Diaz called Kane out at first. I have no clue how Diaz, that's as bad of a call as you are ever going to see in a Major League Baseball game. Kane easily, I mean easily, beat it out at first. I, I don't know how you missed that call as a Major League Baseball umpire, but he did. It went to replay about 2.1 seconds after replay started. They said that Kane indeed was safe. So he is on at first base. Luis Urias then comes to the plate. He walks, runners on at first and second. Manny Pena hits a fly ball. He almost got it, but instead it's a fly out to Harrison Bader. Kane goes to third. At that point, they intentionally walk Christian Yelich to load the bases, and they face off against Pablo Reyes. From the stretch, here it is. Reyes struck out swinging, and this one is over. Gallegos with a slider down low and away, and he strikes him out, and St. Louis wins their 10th consecutive game. With the win, the Cardinals go to 81 and 69. The Brewers drop to 91 and 60. Winning totals for St. Louis: two runs, five hits, no errors. They leave five for the Brewers. One run, four hits, no errors. They leave eight. The winning pitcher Woodford, he's three and three. Woodruff, the loss, he's nine and ten. Gallegos, the save, his 11th of the year. No home runs. The game lasting three hours and 24 minutes. Played in front of 30,475 folks here at American Family Field. Brewers look to end a three-game losing streak and put themselves in position to possibly split the series and win the division against St. Louis. We'll preview game three of this four-game set. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio. This is News Radio WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Just about a minute and a half left here in the program. Brewers fall to the Cardinals 2-1. Other games in the National League impacting playoff races. Pirates defeat the Reds by a 6-2 score. Phillies get a 10-inning 3-2 win over the Orioles. Dodgers pick up a 10-inning win in Colorado over the Rockies 5-4. Games in progress. Padres and Giants 4-4 top of the 6th. And the Braves lead the Diamondbacks 5-1. That game is in the top of the ninth inning. The standings across the National League. Brewers uh, lead the Cardinals now by 9.5 games. Again, the magic number at 3. Braves 2.5 up on the Phillies. That will go back to 3 if they complete the win against the Diamondbacks. Giants lead the Dodgers by a half game. They'll be tied if the Giants lose to the Padres. It'll be a one-game lead for the Giants if uh, they end up beating the Padres. As far as the wild-card race goes, the Cardinals lead for that second wild-card. Now four games over the Reds, four-and-a-half over the Padres. That'll either be four or five for them, four-and-a-half over the Phillies as Cardinals start to really stretch things out for themselves. Brewers and Cardinals play game three of this four-game series coming up tomorrow. It'll be left-handed pitcher Brett Anderson on the mound for the crew. He comes in with a 4-8 and record, a 4.18 ERA. Miles Michaelis will get the start for St. Louis. The right-hander comes in with a 1-2 and record, a 4.50 ERA. 6.41st pitch. Our coverage begins at 6.05. Myself and Jerry Augustine will have you after the game for Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.